Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This, my fellow Americans, is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, we're live six days a week, as you know. On the Sabbath, we rest. But six days a week, we tell the tale of liberty everywhere we go. Welcome to the broadcast, LovingLiberty.net. LibertyRoundTable.com, spread the word. Quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson from CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. And we talked about Donald Trump's video to the nation. He wants a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, some are saying that means he's uh, capitulating. Uh, that means he's, um, you know, admitted defeat. Others say, no, it's just a polite statement. Time will tell. I personally think Donald Trump needs to dig in. Not for the violence, not for the rhetoric, but you can't let a false flag uh, happening destroy what we hold dear. There still is election fraud. Now it's not even being talked about. Trump concedes to Biden, they say. Is it true? I don't know, but I pray not. Uh, We had on Victoria. She was a first-hand witness. She tells her story, what she personally uh, experienced at the state capitol. And uh, her experience is very unique. She said they basically, the cops beat her up. Uh, she was zip-tied. She was uh, ran through a mule. I'm, I'm sorry, ran through a, a bunch of tunnels. She was trotted out in front of the media for media ops. And then she was let go. What gives with all that? Capital seeds. The question is, who is responsible? Evidence mounts of a Capitol Hill false flag. We'll ask our guest about that coming up in a second. Will there be charges and consequences after arrests? Will we find out who's who for real, or will the media just cover it up if they find out that it's not their (laughs) evil, beating, whipping boy, Donald Trump supporters, right? Congressional count of electoral college votes. What a sad tale to tell. They count all night. They release that at 4 in the morning. We never have the appropriate debate and discussions of vote fraud, do we? Rumors of invoking 25th Amendment and or impeachment against President Trump. Education Secretary, Secretary Betsy DeVos resigns. That was our one hour, too. We had our guest on Mr. Stan Ellsworth of American Ride. He's the Harley riding star of the show on BYU TV called American Ride. We talked about Stan speaking to the Eagle Forum coming up today. It's live, 9 to 5, sold out event, but you can watch it on Facebook, utahegleforum.org. We talked about Stan's book, Renegades and Rebels, by Stan Ellsworth, available everywhere. Get it today. We talked about uh, Amazon.com has a movie you can watch uh, on Prime called Miracles. In God We Trust, Is God Dead? Chronicling 
the miracles this nation has seen. What a tremendous movie. Miracles in God we trust.com. Check that out. That's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. News the networks refuse to use today starts now. And our guest, Mr. C.L. Bryant, he's a talk show host, he's a public speaker, filmmaker, commentator, author of the C.L. Bryant Show.com. C.L. Bryant's a senior fellow at freedomworks.org. C.L. is founder of One Nation Back to God. Amen to that. He also appears on Fox News Channel, The Blaze, CNN, MSNBC, now Liberty Roundtable Live. Mr. Bryant's also the creator and star of the Crystal Dubbed award-winning movie, Runaway Slave. And C.L. is going to be speaking at the 2020 or 2021, I'm sorry, Eagle Forum Convention today as well. CL, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you very much, Sam. I'm glad to be on with you here today. Thank you for the invitation. There is so much to talk about. You know, the mainstream press, uh, literally, if we bring up anything that disrupts their narrative, anything, we become Trump supporters, enemies of the state, insurrectionists, uh, and anything you do to defend yourself almost seems to make it worse. Um, there are evidence everywhere that it wasn't just Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol. Literally, probably millions were at the first rallies a mile and a half away from the Capitol. Uh, most people went home after the peaceful speeches and everything else supporting the president. The president did not speak of violence, but did speak of standing tall as the American people, expecting their representatives to serve them. A subset of that massive group went to the Capitol maybe hundreds of thousands at the most. Uh, but then a teeny subset of that, only a couple of hundred stormed the Capitol. The media jumping to the narrative saying it was all Trump supporters and kind of painting with the broadest brush possible. Uh, but the media shows their uh, fake news dishonesty uh, right away because we haven't had time to arrest and vet who's who. In fact, a lot of them, the FBI and the uh, the Capitol Police and everybody else still floating pictures around the Internet saying who the heck are these people? We don't even know. Uh, a few of them were arrested and were criminal. I agree. I'm sure Trump supporters, some of them may have been involved. Some of them may have got swept up in the melee. But this single issue narrative, which is Trump supporters led by Donald himself are insurrectionists, uh, couldn't be more dishonest, CL. Your thoughts? The the hypocrisy, of course, will go on. It, it knows no bounds. Uh, the president is expressing his disapproval with all of it by not uh, going to the inauguration. And uh, I, uh, I I agree with him. Uh, we all know that the greatest heist in American history has taken place. There is no magic trick that could have deluded uh, the American people as uh, thoroughly as the theft of the American presidency. And uh, all of us know this, uh, even those who are reporting it on uh, CNN and the usual suspect channels. They know this. But there's something much deeper that's uh, going on in this country, Sam, and I'm going to talk about uh, this tonight and just to give you uh, a little bit of, of what that is. There, the, the character of uh, our nation is being uh, put on display. In fact, it's being tested. And uh, many of us don't realize that there is a process of words. It's called the dialectic process. Uh, that is programming and driving this. You hear racism, racism, racism all the time, uh, but yet you don't necessarily see it at your Walmart or your Target or, or your, your stores wherever you go and shop. You don't see that. But when you go home uh, to your television, 
there, there it is. Racism's on your TV. It's not next door to you. It's not uh, when you walk down the street. But the process of making you believe that through the constant barrage of certain words, Trump is bad, Republicans are bad, conservatives are evil, you know, that type of thing, it, it has to do with the dialect that is being introduced, especially to our young people. Uh, young people are certainly being programmed in ways that we uh, would not even imagine, and it's usually through the thing that they hold in their hands. And so uh, it's much deeper than just uh, storming the Capitol there, uh, or anything like that. And I tell you this, there will not be anyone really arrested uh, for that because the people that they would have to arrest would be associated with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Wow. More and more evidence coming forward that it was a false flag operation. Some of them uh, um, <clears throat> Black Lives Matter and Antifa, some of them other organizations. Uh, you'd want to trace it back to George Soros. Um, you'd want to trace it back to Hillary Clinton. You'd want to trace it back to Barack Obama and some of these people. And that's where some of this leads. Now, I submit to you that I'm sure there was some bad apples in the Trump barrel, too. Uh, there's bad apples everywhere. And, and I'm not uh, attacking Trump with this. I'm just saying there are people who always take something good and um, manipulate it and undercover do something bad. It's been done under uh, Judaism. It's been done under Christianity. It's been under, under uh, you know, Islam. It, it goes on and on and on uh, to where they um, literally use it to their advantage. How many people have died in the name of government or religion uh, kind of is the point. And so I'm sure there's some bad apples that one took advantage of it. Uh, that aren't really true patriots, obviously, but they may be considered Trump supporters, if you will. And there's also some people that may have got swapped or, you know, kind of uh, swept up in the um, mob kind of mentality. You know, it, sometimes it gets exciting and people do stupid things and go, oh, my goodness, what have I done after? So I'm sure there's some of that. But by and large, only a few hundred went into the Capitol. They've arrested 82 of them. Most of them have already been let go. Um, I don't think that they're going to get to the bottom of it and create accountability. We need to know who these people are, where they come from, what organizations they're affiliated with, and where their money comes from, CL. Absolutely, uh, Sam. And the thing is, uh, I, I sit on one of the president's board. Uh, and I call him the president because, folks, he is the only legitimate president of the United States as far as I'm concerned. And so you, you, you but, figure but it out But hold on. Not only as far as you're concerned, but as far as the law is concerned, sir. Exactly. And so, so I've been to many of the, the Trump rallies, and uh, famously uh, and, and, and hokishly across the the, uh, the world, they splashed a, a image of myself and Herman Cain there at the rally when the president kicked off his Tulsa uh, campaign. Uh, we were there, of course. We both were on his board, and they made you believe that Herman somehow had COVID there at that rally, and that's just simply not true. The false narrative that has been allowed to go on in front of our eyes over these last four years, and it doesn't, it, it seems like the, the time has really gone by so fast. But if you will note and remember, the false narrative surrounding this president has happened since he came down the escalator in the tower. And so this is the, the most amazing thing that has uh, occurred in the American psyche, Sam. The American psyche has been programmed to believe lies. And those of us who resist that lie and who try to expose that lie, we then become enemies of the state 
because we want to tell the truth. And so there is a certain uh, uh, revelation of what God saw in, in us uh, when he looked down and, and handed to us what would be happening, that there will come a time when you will call good evil and evil good. Even your own constitution, you will begin to call it evil and the evil good as far as it is concerned. And so we are living in a, a time now where men and women, and I say this all the time around the country, I crisscross this nation once a month, uh, speaking here and there. I was in Florida just, uh, well, anyway, I was somewhere on the East Coast just uh, a couple of uh, days ago and in Louisiana. And now I'm here, and who knows where I'll be next week. But it's time for men and women of courage to stand up and be counted. There is no room for cowards as we move forward in our American journey and on, uh, in our American experience. All right. It's interesting. Even William Barr, former attorney general, literally accused President Donald Trump of orchestrating a mob of his supporters to pressure Congress to overturn the election. As far as I understand, President Trump in his speech said, listen, we need to have our representatives do what's right. I want to peacefully go to the Capitol. I want to support the weak ones so they can become strong. I want to help them understand that, you know what, no matter how you feel about this election, we've got to have an audit. We've got to create election integrity in America. And I want you guys to understand that it's the fight of our lifetime for honest elections. How can we allow the media to twist this? Don't we have enough conservative media yet to tell the truth, to jettison their false narrative? But they're literally making it sound like President Trump is the top treasonist, and every one of us who defends him and or honest elections uh, are evil. We have got to get enough media, because I believe the people, if they get the truth, um, will stand by what's right. The problem is the media is so pervasive and controlling, and they've got a single uh, agenda narrative to the point where I don't think the people can get the truth, and it's hard to hold the people accountable when they don't have uh, the truth. They don't have the, the reality. I see so many good people completely deceived on this point. We stand, Sam, on the brink of civil war in this country. Half of us uh, believe CNN. Half of us don't. And so uh, that is the catalyst for the split. Because CNN constantly and MSNBC, the, the usual suspects, uh, they constantly barrage the unsuspecting American public who does look for some type of news uh, with negative and misinformed false news narratives. And now you have uh, the, the platforms of social media that are joining in on that and more and more people, especially young people get their news from social media platforms. Now, when Zuckerberg and people like that start to monitor uh, and, and then shut down, have a jackbooted Gestapo type of tactic of hushing you up on the, the largest platform in the world, social media, then, friends, we have a problem. And then the question has become, uh, what form of revolution has to take place? in order to uh, wrestle back the greatest nation on the face of the planet, as I say every day on my show. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app, the C.L. Bryant Show app. Follow me on Twitter 
at Rev, R-E-V-C-L, Bryant. But what By the way, also have- on Rev State Radio and Loving Liberty Radio Networks, I might add, sir. Absolutely right. And we're inviting you to come on out today. Well, I don't think you can come out today, but you can join us on uh, the, 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 the live feed. And I believe so. The live feeds at Utah Eagle Forum Facebook page, ladies and gentlemen. There is no paywall of any kind. It's free. Join today, Facebook Live Utah Eagle Forum. You'll see people like C.L. Bryant speaking to the nation about restoring the republic, about the greatness uh, of America, and the genius of God's inspiration of man via the Constitution, and more, sir. Absolutely, and. When we look at restoring the greatest nation on the face of the earth to its founding principles, and we're not talking about the founding men, we're talking about the founding principles that these men uh, that I do believe inspired through the genius of freedom and liberty given to us by God, uh, they were able to write down, as King, uh, Dr. King uh, called it, a promissory note. Uh, and, and, and some of us cashed it earlier than others did, but all of us now have opportunities to cash it. And if we can get ourselves back to the founding principles of that instead of the victimization of socialism, then, my friends, we will be able to wrestle back our nation. However, uh, the tree of liberty is often watered with the blood of patriots. And we are at a point now in our American history, again, where we are writing another chapter. And we do indeed need to see and understand who we have been historically and what has made us historically the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the greatest success story the world has ever known. We need to understand, our children need to understand what that was and what that is all about. Otherwise, otherwise. Uh, the country is lost, and the other, only other way to get it back is for uh, people who understood what it was to revolt. And that, that's, of course, is in the American DNA. And I do believe, I, do, uh, uh, I don't fear, but I am very concerned that uh, Americans are at a breaking point, and they understand that once, what, what once was is absolutely beginning to vanish the cancel culture ladies and gentlemen the culture wars are at the center of it all and if we turn our back on god it's curtains on liberty the author of liberty will not bless us uh, with this wonderful country and the liberties that we enjoy the freedom to move about the freedom to freely associate the freedom to go to church and worship almighty god those things will not be allowed as those who do not believe in god take away our agency they believe in tyranny ladies and gentlemen not liberty now i want to bring this up and i, and I, and I want to do this very carefully but i want cl to be able to speak to this because i think it's really important for the american people to understand i do not like violence and i want to do everything that i can to avoid violence i'm the one that speaks of the rejection of a revolution in favor of a peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Okay, so don't misunderstand uh, the point, and I don't want the mainstream press trying to take words out of my mouth. Don't lie. Okay, don't lie. However, I am saddened about the violence that took place in the Capitol, and I hope we can uh, become transparent and pull down power and pull down the secret combination. Uh, that allowed uh, whoever to be involved in this in this attack 
uh, on our capital. I think it's evil and wrong and despicable, and I reject it. And I want to find out who's really responsible. I personally believe it was a false flag, okay, because now we're not talking about the vote fraud at all, which is what they want. We're not talking about President Trump stopping uh, Joe Biden from criminally taking the White House. None of that talk is happening now because everybody doesn't. Everybody wants to back so far away from violence. I don't want violence, but I don't want to back away from what needs to happen here. President Trump should not be um, capitulating. He should not be. What he should be saying is, listen, I have never advocated for violence. You lie. Uh, and, and he needs to stand bold. And what we need to do is really double down on the vote fraud um, to get to the bottom of it. And if Congress uh, was circumvented from doing it, look, they didn't have uh, enough discussion of the vote fraud and the evidence brought forward. They didn't get a real auditing of the elections. They didn't. OK, so why should Trump capitulate? And, and I guess I'm a little bit fearful that we're so afraid of being violent. Now, I don't want violence either. But I do understand this. Um, at what point do I avoid force or violence or demanding my cause? Um, do I avoid, if we avoid violence too much, the Founding Fathers would have never created our freedom in our country. We would have never had the United States as we know it. So the question to you, C.L. Bryant, is I don't want violence either. Don't misunderstand the point. But we do need to stand for something or we'll fall for everything, sir. We were given by our creator, according to our founding documents, certain unalienable rights, and among them, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And to protect them all, we, first of all, must speak out and say that we are free people. And that's what we do. That's what we are as Americans. But then uh, we are given these rights. We're endowed with those rights by our creator, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. But then they must be protected from the evil one, the evil one's minions, and the people that, uh, in fact, operate on his behalf. And so there's a second amendment, and that's the right to bear arms and protect those rights that our Creator gave to us. Throughout uh, biblical history, we see these people who protect those rights that God gives to his people, including Moses. Uh, There was a reason why uh, God allowed them to wander around for 40 years so they could build a force that could take the land that was necessary to take in order to advance his kingdom. Uh, when we look at the warrior king, David, uh, we look at how he advanced uh, the kingdom of God and defended the rights of God's people. We're no less called upon to do that very same thing now, Sam, and we are no less called upon to defend uh, the rights of a nation that is under God, indivisible, and it won't remain indivisible unless we defend the rights of our people. And so even though I am with you as far as the idea of defending and not having uh, violence and that type of thing, the kingdom of heaven uh, many times suffers violence. And we read about it uh, throughout Scripture, and uh, even uh, the expulsion of the, the great a dragon himself, Lucifer, uh, Satan, as we know him now, that was done by a warring angel, Michael. And so uh, it, it's all one of those things that we are given is a natural right to defend ourselves. That is a natural right to defend your life, your liberty, 
and your ability to pursue happiness. We get that very clouded with all of the interminglings of uh, our society because it's all mixed in with the relativism of uh, the way the world is today. But the fact of the matter is there is no law that supersedes the fact that you have the right to defend yourself. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. I skipped one of our breaks because CL's so good and the topic so relevant and the information so, so needed. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. CL Bryant on your radio. He speaks today at Eagle Forum, utaheagleforum.org. Check out the live Facebook page. No paywall. You can watch to your heart's content around the world. CL Bryant in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. A search underway for a missing passenger airplane, the 26-year-old Boeing plane going missing this morning in Indonesia, dropping more than 10,000 feet in less than a minute, just four minutes after takeoff from Jakarta. No word on how many people were on board. President Trump could face another impeachment trial. House Democrats plan to introduce articles of impeachment Monday, accusing Trump of inciting insurrection. The violence on Capitol Hill could have COVID implications. CDC Director Robert Redfield tells McClatchy the protest could lead to a spike in coronavirus cases. The violence coming the day before the U.S. announces a record number of deaths, over 4,000, the most in a single day since the pandemic started. Dr. Dora Cass on CBS News. The most important thing for patients to know is that this can stop. We can get back the resources we have as long as patients stop getting infected from this virus. So if we want to save all the lives we can, we need to stop the spread of this virus. On a bright note, over 6 million vaccine doses have been administered so far. This is USA Radio News. If your New Year's resolution is to get to feeling better, the best way to feel better is with a great night's sleep. And you know I'm going to talk about my pillow. I've been sleeping on one for now three years, and I get the best sleep of my life. They don't go flat. You can wash them and dry them. Try doing that. You end up with a washer full of pillow feathers. Uh, And they're made in the USA. And right now, the MyPillow Premium Pillow Special continues $40 off, $29.98, for a standard or queen size premium my pillow kings only $5 more to get the best night's sleep of your life and a guaranteed and it continues until March 1st and a 10 year warranty go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square use my promo code USA or call 1-800-951-8175 give yourself the gift of a great night's sleep for 2021 from Mike Lindell and my pillow. The Biden administration vows to ramp up vaccine rollout. Tim Berg has more. President-elect Joe Biden will seek to release nearly all available coronavirus vaccine doses to accelerate distribution. That's according to his transition team. That's a shift from the Trump administration's policy of holding back stock for second doses. Fox News medical contributor Dr. Nicole Sapphire on the news out of the Biden camp. We have administered about 28% of the doses that have been sent out. So just by sending out more doses right now, that's not going to fix the problem. That's not going to fix the bottleneck that's occurring all across the nation in getting the vaccine in the arms of Americans. Dr. Sapphire speaking there on Fox News from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau. I'm Tim Berg. The coronavirus surging in England, London's mayor yesterday says health services are at risk of being overwhelmed. Hospitals could run out of beds in two weeks. This is USA Radio News.
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. C.L. Bryant with me, ladies and gentlemen. He does his own radio talk show syndicated by Red State Radio, LovingLiberty.net, Liberty News Radio, all over the planet. You got to listen. The C.L. Bryant Show.com to learn more, but he's an author, speaker. He's the founder, which we'll get to in just a second, of One Nation. Back to God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's critical, and I think the only way for us to survive uh, as a people and as a nation. Uh, we got to get back to the author of Liberty, that's for sure. Right before the pause, though, I was mentioning that, you know what, I want to avoid violence. And I know people abhor violence. But I also get at some point, there's got to be a line in the sand. At some point, these inalienable rights that CL speaks of, we have got to defend. And if they won't let us defend them peacefully, well, the Declaration of Independence says they only have their just authority by our consent. You know what? They derive their authority from the consent of the governed. And at some point, we the people, if we can get the truth, now that's kind of a hard, tall tale to get, but if we can get the truth, then Americans are obligated to stand by that truth. And on one hand, I don't want violence. On the other hand, I'd rather have a little bit of violence now than a complete tyranny and uh, uh, much more violence later. So I guess I'm not advocating for violence, but I do want to be very careful to understand we don't avoid violence at all costs till we're all slaves. CL? Sam, when we talk about the word inalienable, unalienable, inalienable, those two words, interchangeable, same word. Unalienable, right. Right. What we, what we want to understand about that is that you have the right to uh, defend yourself, your property, your family against anyone who would alienate you from those rights. And so when someone is alienating uh, your livelihood, as we see happening now, as you see your nation being dragged down by a virus that was uh, actually unleashed upon us, because before this virus, America was rocking along at a clip that no one had experienced, red, yellow, black, white, women, men, whoever, uh, of all ages, we were seeing uh, prosperity in ways that were just unimaginable. But now you have a, a president-elect, uh, 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 so it's said, who is in bed with the very people who unleashed the virus. His son was doing business with them. And uh, this is a, a full complement of a transformation of our nation. And the thing that is happening is that those rights, that we want to defend and need to defend, that are being alienated, the idea that they're planting in your mind is that that's wrong to do. And so many of us are buying into it because we're accepting the idea that it's best to be pacifist or it's best to lay, lay aside and, 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 and not challenge this because we don't want blood in the streets. We don't want that. My friend, I, I don't want that either. But you cannot allow your right, your American right to be alienated. You have the right to defend those. And our founders gave us the right to do it with arms, to bear arms. I'm not calling for anybody to march in the street on anything. The president did not do that either. He simply stated to you what was being lost. Now, he is not responsible for the instability 
of someone who would take that out of context. You know, Sam, I'm a, a, an original Tea Party. I spoke at the 2009 March on Washington. There was 1.5 million people there. We did not leave a scrap of paper behind us. However, there were those in that 1.5 million crowd who were certainly not uh, upholding the same type of attitude and principles that I did, and they gave us a bad name. And the news media picked upon, guess who? Those people. They didn't pick upon all the rest of us who were peaceful and came to Washington, D.C. to protest. That's a right that is wanting to be taken away from people of conservative value. We have a right to defend ourselves against those who would, in, who would alienate that from us. It's a very complicated and very needed discussion to be had because there's a thin line between civility and going along to get along and peaceful revolution. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's make something very clear. <clears throat> what they do is they use the Hegelian dialectic, and they use quantum leaps of logic uh, that deceive you. So let me give you an example. Trump saying, we need to get to the bottom of vote fraud. I want you to support your congressmen and senators to do the right thing. Come to Washington. we got the fight of our lives on our hands. March to the Capitol and let them know what you think and feel and believe. They want you to believe that means that Trump is calling for violence, the destruction of private property. That is the big lie. I call for honest elections, okay? But I am not calling for violence. However, you know what? When they commit for violence, which evil people will do, I can't stop that. Evil people will manipulate the situation, create violence, blame it on us. It's a classic projection, dishonest, Hegelian dialectic uh, ideas here. Uh, but I cannot back away from my call for vetting the truth, getting transparency, obtaining what the real story is on a topic. Okay, and I need to do this. It is the First Amendment. These are some of the inalienable rights codified in the First Amendment, which says, hey, you know what? I have the right to my freedom of speech and thought and belief. I also have the right to advocate for that. I have the right to peacefully assemble. I agree I don't have the right to riot and uh, create violence and destroy property. Arrest those who did and who do and prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. But let's not use the media apparatus to dishonestly quantum leap and uh, articulate this lie, which says because Sam wants to get to the bottom of elections that somehow Sam's a terrorist and somehow Sam's part of the media sphere that created violence, that is a quantum leap lie. We need to teach people to understand logic. How is me wanting honesty in elections and insisting on that um, violent? How is that leading to violence? And the answer is it clearly is not. And the double standard is on steroids here. I mean, you got Maxine Waters that was literally saying, hey, if a conservative goes into a restaurant, don't even let them go to a restaurant. Attack them, relentlessly run them out on a rail. Okay, she was saying this, and they didn't even blink an eye. And Trump and I and C.L. Bryant and others say, let's find out the truth about election fraud. Let's have an honest audit. And if we're wrong, then at least the people know that we've, we've you know, transparently gotten to the bottom of it. And if we're right, then we need accountability. And they say we are insurrectionists. Uh, this has got to stop, CL. And Sam, until that honest audit, as you said, takes place, I will never acknowledge Joe Biden as the legitimate president 
of the United States. This is all that Ted uh, and Josh Hawley, Ted, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, were uh, wanting. Uh, they didn't. And the news media, of course, painted to the American people that somehow they were wanting the, the election overturned. Uh, that was not the case. We were, they were simply wanting to have an audit of this election so that all minds could be clear as to what did transpire and how uh, this came about. That could not be revealed. That, and, and, and this does expose an underpinning here and, and an underbelly, I should say, of how deep the fundamental change of our nation has occurred. Everybody knows that something is amiss. Listen, um, I, numbers is what I've done. I, I, for many, many years, I was duly uh, employed. I was in the finance business for years, a mortgage originator. And, of course, uh, my ministry is almost 40 years now. But numbers is what I do. Percentages is what I look at. And whenever you have uh, 8% move from column B to column A, and uh, 15% move from column B to column A, then column A cannot suffer a deficit. This is exactly what they want you to believe happened in this election. More black people voted for Trump uh, this time around than, uh, in fact, twice as many black people voted for Trump this time around than voted for him the first time around. Uh, almost three times as many like and, and hold on, I would submit to you probably because people like me and you are in the media, and even though we're not getting the word out fast enough, we you know what the new media is taking center stage. People are learning to reject the CNN type narrative and the New York Times type narrative. They are learning the truth, and the truth reflects the uh, elections and the and the voting that did take place. I don't mean the dishonest voting, and the, but I'm talking about the support that Trump received was because. Uh, people are realizing what he's done for this nation, not for individuals or splinter groups, but for us as Americans. And when we look at those percentages moving in the way that they did, there then is no way for column A to suffer a deficit. And that's what they're wanting you to believe. And Americans are believing it. And this is why those numbers cannot be examined, because the numbers, unless you can, unless you manipulate them, manually manipulate them, numbers in their purest form, especially percentages, don't lie. When percentages actually shift, then the person receiving that percentage has to have a plus and not a deficit. And that's just the, the nature and the science and the physics of mathematics. But they don't want you to see the mathematics. In other it words, simply put, this, simply put this, when people vote, numbers go up, they add, they don't subtract. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even when you, you, you take away the numbers, when you move the percentages, and, and folks, I, I wish that you, if you understand percentages, you understand the, the secret of America and the way to, to make money in this country. It's all about percentages. And this election was about percentages, but yet they won't let you audit those percentages. Think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen, because what CL just said is so vitally important. If they are on the up and up, if there is not vote fraud, why are they afraid of and fighting against transparency? If numbers do not subtract in voting, they only add, you know, you start a vote and it's zero, right? 
It doesn't go to negative one there now, does it? It goes to one if one person votes. It goes to two if two people vote. It doesn't go to nine if three people vote, folks. It goes to three. How dumb am I? Right? Okay, so this doesn't go backwards. It goes forwards, and it goes forward in stable, logical ways. It can't go forward too fast, faster than people can vote or or faster than votes can be tallied or organized. Okay, those things just don't happen. It can't go forward too fast either. So the point that I'm getting at, CL, this is critical to understand. Why are they afraid of us truly double confirming the numbers? You would think they would want everybody to be comfortable and confident in the system, wouldn't you? Well, absolutely. But I want people to understand this, too. The reason the president is so angry about it is because even though I have spent years in the uh, finance business, I haven't made the type of money off of percentages that the president has made off of that. The president understands probably better than just about anybody in the world percentages. And he's no fool. He knows that those percentages cannot uh, elect Joe Biden as president of the United States. There is no way that Joe Biden got more percentages of black vote than Barack Obama got. There's no way. That, that, that Joe Biden would have done that, could have pulled that off. He's, the president said himself, and it's very clear, he's just not that kind of candidate. He wasn't. He's still not. In fact, he's an afterthought in just about everything that is done these days. The president dominated the news uh, cycle because of his policies long before this coronavirus. But people, please understand why the president is so upset. It's because he's a businessman, and he understands percentages, and he's telling you that this is a fraud. I'm a businessman. I understand percentages. If you understand America, you better understand that you have been duped. You have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and swindled out of a presidential election. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. One thing 2020 has made crystal clear. For Liberty lovers, hope lies where it always has, in our own hands. So join us at Liberty Hall on Saturday, January 16th for a preparedness fair with speakers on topics from health to food growing, prepping supplies, first aid, self-reliance, and more. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday, January 16th. Go to lovingliberty.net. That's lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, C.L. Bryant on your radio. He's speaking today at the Eagle Forum event, utahegleforum.org, and you can watch it around the world, ladies and gentlemen, on their Facebook live stream. There's no paywall. It's available now. All right, A Race for Freedom is a book written by C.L. Bryant, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to talk about A Race for Freedom because I think that's key. Uh, And then I want to talk about your organization, CL, in the remaining minutes that we have. Um, This coming back to God idea. We'll get to it. But tell me a little bit about a race for freedom. 
A Race for Freedom is a book that uh, describes who we are as a people, especially here in America. We have become a race of people, a people uh, known as Americans. That's who we are. And uh, we are a race that came from various different parts of the world. And yet we, we all have found ourselves here in the year 2021 now as a people who have an, uh, an obligation, as you said a little earlier, uh, to maintain and keep a republic that Ben Franklin said um, it can be ours if we will keep it. And so the book uh, outlines uh, the hypocrisy of people like Al Sharpton and, and so forth. It's written uh, for younger people, actually. I'm working on the next book and the next film. The next film, we're hope, uh, we've been trying to get it done here for over, over a year, year and a half. But many of the, many of the great films are, takes about two or three years in the making. It'll be called Red, White, and Black. And full disclosure, I am a black conservative who happens to be a, a Christian as well and a minister of the gospel, and that is my primary job, is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and, of course, to tell the good news of America. That's what I do for an organization called Freedom Works in Washington, D.C. I'll tell everybody more about Freedom Works, freedomworks.org. Go there and become a part of that movement. All right, before uh, we continue, though, I want to say this. I am a white conservative. Uh, but the bottom line is we're all Americans, and we believe in the conservative principles. Let me say that again, principles that made America great in the first place. And our goal, our desire, our efforts are to return to those principles and return to the, our God that gave us those principles. So even though CL's black and I'm white, and that mattereth not. What matters is we're God's children. We need to treat each other as such. And we need to behave as such. We need to double down and stand shoulder to shoulder for the principles that can keep America great. Or if you want to say it a different way, that can restore the republic. That's the critical thing. And we want to do that for all Americans. Now, some would say, well, you guys hate other nations. You guys just want America to be great at the expense of everybody. No, no, no. We want America to lead the way like a light on a hill. But we want others to be great everywhere. We want God's children to be great everywhere. And we want our greatest export to be the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. We're not going to force or twist arms to force them to do We're going to offer this and say, hey, there's a better way. Here's the blueprint. What can we do to help? And we want to make God's children great because they have a godly heritage. And they tell you that I'm a racist, CL. Well, you know, I had the privilege um, some years ago now of meeting uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is what we uh, kind of shun over here, he's a nationalist. Over here, we think that's a bad word. But if you want to know what a nationalist is, look at B.B. Netanyahu. He's a nationalist. And that what simply means this, Sam. It means that he loves the state of Israel uh, and the nation of Israel. And he prefers it over any other nation on the face of the planet. Why? Because it's his home. It's his nation. And, and I'm a nationalist as well, because I prefer America a land where my ancestors, uh, Brian, I'll get a long story. You don't have time to tell that, that story, but uh, I'm, I'm both Nigerian and Scots-Irish. And the story of my, my, my ancestors in this country is one of triumph, not one of defeat. And I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you if it was one of, of defeat. So evidently someone uh, survived the pangs and trials of becoming an American, so that I can be talking to you here in this free place today. And so 
uh, Sam, that's what we're trying to preserve is the, the ability. And I can't relive what happened to my grandfather. I can't uh, relive what happened to my grandmothers. But I can say this. I am glad by the grace of God that they had the strength and the temerity to survive both the white ones and the black ones, uh, what they survived, so that you and I can be having this conversation today. And despite any mistakes America has made, we have done our very best. And over time, we have been more and more and more understanding and inclusive that we're all God's children and we should behave that way. We've come a long way in good ways for everybody. Everybody who's hit the shores of this great country has been blessed by doing so. That does not mean I'm defending some of the ways they got here or some of the things that they went through along the way. But it does mean I acknowledge the blessing that America is to everyone who is involved. Muhammad Ali once uh, is famously uh, quoted, uh, I, forget, I don't know if it was uh, Howard Cosell, but once he left the, the fight in Africa in Zaire, he was asked by a reporter, uh, Muhammad, now that you've visited the motherland, what do you have to say about it? And Muhammad Ali said to the reporter, I'm sure glad that my ancestors were put on that boat. And so, folks, that is what we all should be glad of. And let's be clear, not because we uh, appreciate the boat or the slavery part. That isn't the point. Right. To get to America is what he was making the point. And so however any of us got here to this country, we should be glad that our ancestors either put on or got on the boat. Otherwise, we would not be having this conversation. And even the trying times that we are experiencing in this country right now, uh, I would rather experience them in America than any other place, because at least here we have a chance to restore sanity to uh, something that can be lost. But, friends, I do caution you, and I speak to you, and I speak to your hearts here today. I do caution you that if America goes away, uh, she may not return. And so uh, this is uh, a very crucial point in our history, and whatever is necessary, if we can keep it, and then, friends, that is exactly what we should be about doing, keeping our nation. My great-great-great-grandmother was uh, an indentured servant in America. She was white, and I'm sad that she had to become an indentured servant, but I'm grateful for her life, for her integrity, uh, and I'm grateful she came to America as well. And the reasons why are clearly obvious. I don't celebrate her suffering, but I do celebrate the blessing for generations that her sacrifice created. Let's be very clear. Final seconds of the show, CL. Um, what's the name of your speech today? Do you have a title? Yeah, The Weapons of Our Warfare. Uh, come on out and, and uh, understand what I'm meaning by that title. I'm, and it's good that we talked about it and the way that we talk today, Sam, because it sets it up really perfectly uh, for the message that I have uh, for Eagle Forum, uh, Eagle Utah Eagle Forum. Was that dot org or dot dot That's org? Right, dot right? org, yes, sir. Roger that. Yeah, Utah Eagle Forum dot org. Come on out or be joined the 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 cast, the, the uh, streaming live streaming today, and uh, I'll be speaking from these words: uh, the weapon of our warfare. All right, you are founder of One Nation Back to God, and I believe that's the only real, all encompassing solution, sir. Indeed it is. And uh, I think uh, Ronaldus uh, Maximus, as Rush would say, Reagan, uh, said it best. Uh, if America forgets and that she is one nation under God, we will be a nation gone under. 
But, ladies and gentlemen, let's not be negative. In that very statement on the other side of the coin is the hope, is the salvation, is the solution. If we turn to our God, if we repent, if we have faith, faith precedes the miracle, we can restore the republic. We can be protected and have his blessings upon us. He will heal our land. He will protect us. It's a biblical promise, and Almighty God keeps his promises, sir. Yes, he does. And uh, America should be more aware of that than any other nation on the face of the planet. Our Judeo-Christian ethics are the reason why we have come as far as we have come. And it's also the reason why people of other faiths, regardless of what their faith is, is the Judeo-Christian ethic that gives them the freedom of their faith as well. And so why should we as Christians and people of uh, faith uh, in the Scriptures be held as some type of villain when it is our faith, truly, that has given uh, freedom to everyone else? And finally, Sam, this is the year 2021, and you said in your introduction that it was the year of our Lord. And guess what, Sam? In God's infinite wisdom, all around the world, I don't care where you live, if you're in a civilized society, you are identifying the time frame that you're living in as 2021, which is the year of our Lord. And even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you identify and you definitely recognize his birth when you recognize the year that you're living in. And I, I certainly uh, uh, am grateful uh, to be on with you here today. And I got to get on over here and, uh, uh, and get ready to, to uh, meet some people. And I hope to see you real soon. I will be there live, my friend, in person. And I'll be delighted to rub shoulders with you anytime, anywhere, brother. Thank you so much. God bless you. There he goes. C.L. Bryant, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now. And when you listen to the Loving Liberty Radio Network, you listen to people like Sam Bushman, Beth Ann Schoenberg, C.L. Bryant, Brian Hyde. I'm just telling you, incredible, incredible talk radio. Around the clock, live and on demand at your fingertips free. Now go there, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, spread the good news of Christ and of free talk radio, and then donate liberally today. LovingLiberty.net, would you please? Uh, the uh, incredible Utah Eagle Forum event, utahegleforum.org, live on Facebook today. Check it out. God save the republic. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts, well, I should say continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced 
The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips still. We better learn to use it, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. Wow. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. The good doctor in the house. He'll be joining me Mondays and Fridays now. So we've got more of the good doctor on your radio. Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I hope everyone is doing well this morning. A frosty morning in my area, but we're not getting any uh, of that badly needed moisture added to our uh, snowpack. Uh, I mean, we seem to be in kind of a drought condition, at least based on my observation. So I'm hoping that uh, the heavens open and we get some moisture to, you know, take yeah. care of our crops and everything in the in the spring. You know, I'm going to tell you how to stop a famine and a drought, sir. Well, I think I think I've read about these kinds of things, but I think we've long since forgotten it as a as a kind of a de facto principle in the nation. Although I think there are people that do, but I think virtue and and uh, principles of righteousness go a long ways towards that. Yeah, gotta repent, buddy. Well, we I know people that's, need that to repent to and change and turn to God. And if we do, I'm telling you right now, 90% of the problems we face will go away. Uh, life will still be a test. It'll still be a challenge. Uh, but a lot of these massive problems that we seem to face that are supposedly unsolvable instantly become solved if you turn to God and if you repent uh, as an individual, as a family. And really, society is nothing more than a bunch of families, right? So that is the answer. And I, you know what? I know people think I'm a broken record. I know people say, well, I'm just not as religious as you are, Sam. I get it. I understand. But I'm telling you, you can search forever and never come to the knowledge of the truth if you choose. But I'm going to point the way to liberty. You know, it's interesting. Um, the founding members of this nation started with the concept that, that this nation was a, a modern Israel. And um, and it has nothing to do with the modern state of Israel and all that kind of stuff. That's a, that's the tribe of Judah that is gathered in Palestine and, and set up a secular humanist socialist government in Palestine. But when, when uh, Moses and the crew started arriving out of Egypt, Moses set up a set of covenants. You had to take the covenant to come in to the new promised land. I mean, you go back, you read about this stuff, but the fact of the matter is, it was a covenant people that was to possess the land. And in large measure, that's what the American founding fathers felt about this land. And of course, our first American state paper, the, the uh, Mayflower Compact, began with the very words, uh, I know, in the name of God, amen. And they said they were coming to this land for the furtherance of the Christian faith. And, and the pilgrim Puritans that came after, you know, 1630 to 1640, when about 30,000 or so arrived, that was almost exclusively why they came. So this nation really was started as a, a land of liberty that worship and so on was to be able to take uh, effect and where covenants were part of the land. It is a covenant land, and the problem is that we've largely forgotten that. I mean, we could give you story after story after story after story about days of fasting and prayer and the obtaining of the liberty of this land, and, and how it was repeated early in the stages of, you know, after the nation was founded, and the acts of Congress that recognized that. In fact, in December 25th, 1804, Joint session, so on Christmas Day, 1804, joint session of Congress, House and Senate met 
had John Hardgrove speak about the second coming and the Judgment Day. They were trying to prepare the nation for that. And, and we could contrast that with joint sessions of Congress now and what a, a brawl that is. But, but these people were a godly people that, that had a religiosity that vastly exceeds what is kind of our psyche of our nation today. And, and in large measure, we've become kind of like I mentioned the state of Israel early in my tirade here. But but they did not, the people that came there did not come as a covenant people that renewed their covenant. Now, originally, the people that came out of Egypt had those covenants. But the people that started over again, if you will, there, uh, they skipped that part. And and so, and they skipped that, that, part. that part to their ultimate. It's a it's a big risk. It's a high risk kind of thing, and and I think that the ideas that we had to begin with in this nation need to be kind of reconsidered and say, oh well, it worked pretty good to begin with. Let's give it a shot again. I hey, mean, let me let me articulate the covenant, doctor, and then I want you to kind of explain. I'll do the redneck version. You can do the historical <laughs> check on it. Okay. Here, here well, it we'll is. see. Here it is. <laughs> if you keep the commandments of God and realize that God is the source of our liberty and our blessings, not government. And if you obey God, you will be blessed, richly blessed, in the promised covenant land. If you do not obey God and you turn your back on him, you are sure your destruction. Okay, it's that simple. And you can play games and say that I don't believe you, I don't agree with you, I don't say what you want, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm telling you the way it is. Okay, I cannot change eternal principle. I cannot change God's laws or edicts on the land that he controls. He's the ultimate sovereign of the land. And I'm telling you, if we obey, we're blessed. And if we don't, you'll lose those blessings. The covenant is that simple. Now, I know Dr. Bradley will give it to you a whole lot more um, oh. you know, <laughs> relevant. Well, really, you, you but, but that's it, it isn't it? It is. Uh, in fact, as for me and my house, you remember when Joshua was leading the people in, he said, as for me and my house, you know, and, and then you get this, uh, you know, if Baal is the the big guy or God is, you got to choose. You know, you we need to make a choice, and and uh, that was the concept of the founding of this nation. Now, you you know, people are going to say, "Oh, no, no, no! Those founders, they were deists and all this kind of stuff. They were atheists. They they did not believe in in uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is an absolute falsehood. That's a that's a modern perversion." Of, of what the truth was. I mean, the revisionist historians have, have been running rampant since the humanists started really uh, running things as their educational system. You know, the John Deweys of the world, that uh, the father of modern American education, you know, they, they published their humanist manifestos back in 1933 and 1973 and 2003. People need to get those and read them and recognize that it is a godless philosophy, where the god is the learning of man, and of course we know how stable that is, and um, and and so you know things are shifting like it's shifting worse than sands in a Sahara desert, uh, you know, tornado. I mean everything is just a whirl, but but there is a foundation, and and if we really want to go back and think about it. Um, Back, you know, in the Renaissance, when uh, there was an awakening in the hearts of the people, a spiritual awakening, as well as a physical awakening of, of sciences and everything, they built microscopes and telescopes for the first time. They saw things that had eluded the human eye, if you will. Uh, I mean, people may have seen them spiritually, but to see the vastness of the universe and the 
And the idea of these uh, tiny, tiny creations of God that you see under the microscope, well, it's interesting. They started seeing order. They didn't see chaos. See, we are in a chaos kind of world today, a Big Bang Theory. Everything's bumping into each other, and all these mutations and everything like that, and we came out of that, you know, and, and it's kind of like, no, no, no. They saw order, and they thought, well, wow, if there is order in the universe, that must mean there's a creator, because order doesn't come without plans. So, wow, well, maybe, they just maybe there's a, a plan that that we might live under that will bring order and prosperity and peace and everything else like that to humanity. And, and so they started looking for it. They, they looked in the scriptures. Where else are they going to look? So they found it in the scriptures. And if you look at the way the founding fathers came forth, uh, well, I mean, you know, the guys like John Locke and Montesquieu and Blackstone, if you read their works, who were the really the mentors of the founding fathers, although they, they came long before the founding fathers, well, Blackstone was a contemporary. Uh, he published his four volumes, uh, 1765 to 1769. But in them, there are constant references to scriptural evidence about governance. And so they looked into those mentors, if they you will, who brought in the scriptures, and they looked in the scriptures themselves. And then we get the people today that are saying, no, 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 that's not that word. Uh, it just, uh, boy, I'll tell you, everybody bumped into each other until we got this country. And, oh, by the way, Thomas Jefferson was uh, basically a deist, and uh, his own Bible says, I am a Christian. And his, every night before he retired, he read the passages. Yeah, but don't believe your lying eyes, buddy. Don't believe the written reality. <laughs> Just uh, make up whatever you want and tell the lie long enough, fast enough, well, that's, often that's, enough, uh, right? Absolutely. Joseph Goebbels, the uh, Nazi propaganda minister, talked about that. But that's what's happened to America today, and and, and we have largely moved, at least if you go with with what you read in the media, what you hear on the commentaries by the talking heads that are, you know, the reading the news to us, reading the script. It's not just news. It's not it's reading not news. It's a script. There's there's an absolute script that is being told in almost everything. But let's be clear, but, it's a godless, satanic, communist, tyrannical script. Well, let's let's look at that communist uh, thing. You know, uh, Marx basically said that religion's the opiate of the masses, and he based his philosophies, his manifesto that he wrote, and he and Engels published it. it it's targeted everything that we hold sacred. Of course, the Illuminati did before that. They're just an outgrowth of the the Illuminati and the French Revolution and the. The League of Just Men. And everything. Yeah, and that's and all an outgrowth of the war in heaven that took place between God and Satan, and Satan's minions were cast out, and it continues today, right? Well, it is indeed, but here's the deal. There's this conflict-based, and, and if you haven't been noticing, there's plenty stirring the pot today, and that's the way they've overthrown society in the past. They've had a great deal of success. If you just take a moment and stop and think, okay, well, if we can create enough conflict, and there's enough turmoil, and there's enough agony, and oh my goodness, and it's like the French, when they got sick and tired of the debauchery of the French Revolution, they were pleading with somebody to save them, and Napoleon steps out of the wings and says, I can do it, but you got to give me absolute power. And absolute power corrupts, uh, is, is what Lord Acton said, and that's what happened, and Napoleon led the French nation tromping all over the uh, European setting, for a generation, he wiped out a generation of French young men and, and also many of the others uh, uh, from the, around the whole European nation. But that's what happens. 
and, and a whole overthrow of the basis of society had come out of that conflict that that was you know created basically under the French Revolution. And it's happened again and again. The Franco-American War. You look at the Bolsheviks, what they did. You look at the, what happened in in China with Mao and and Pol Pot. And I mean, these things continue to roll forward. And and it's if you read Frederick Engels. Uh, forward to the French, excuse me, to the Communist Manifesto that he wrote back in the 1880s, the United States has mentioned four times. They knew about the United States. I mean, they did, they, they, they mentioned California specifically, if you can imagine that. Uh, <laughs> but then we say, whoa, whoa, they're way ahead of curve on California right now, whether it's a governor or, you know, any other of the socialist programs that you're implementing there. But but yeah, they've been aware of this country and, and so many around the world. I, I have conversations with people from overseas. And, and uh, you know, this isn't the lame brain media where the Macrons and, the, you know, the Merkels and all those people are, are kind of leading the charge. These are regular, everyday people that are saying, you know what, America's the last hope of the world. If you guys fall, the rest of us are toast. I mean, that's basically the message in a, in a phrase. And so, yeah, this is we're under assault. And I believe that's factually true, but I do not believe we will completely fall. I agree that we'll have a lot of turmoil and trouble, and I agree that it will, um, you know, be tough times and perilous times. But I do not believe that uh, God will let America fall. There's enough righteous, good, honorable, moral people. Uh, this nation shall endure. George Washington even saw a vision of it. Uh, and, and so I think it'll be perilous times, but I do think when Christ returns, there will be a peaceful, righteous, liberty-loving people to meet him. Well, I, I believe that's true, but I do believe that, um, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, a big gap between institutions oftentimes. Uh, you know, I think right now, for example, many churches are trying to maintain their institutional preemptiveness, if you will. They keep their organizational structure, but so much has been set aside because of this phony, baloney pandemic thing that's going on that they've actually allowed, I mean, they say, well, institutionally, we're still moving forward, but so much has been set aside in this saving of souls and this gathering together and bringing light. I think the nation can go through a thing like that, too. We can have a a kind of a skeletal structure, if you will, of constitutional things, but if, in fact, we are not abiding by the principles, and I think you're, you're right, Sam, I, I don't want to disagree with you on this, but I, I believe that that will be something that is not maybe institutionalized in Washington, D.C. No, maybe I, hold, on, whoa, whoa, hold on, I guarantee it will not be in Washington, D.C., and I believe right. Washington, D.C. will fall. However, I still maintain there will be a contingency of righteous people who are loving liberty people who stand together for their God. And it won't be based on theology. It won't be just a certain sect of religion or whatever else. It'll be those who truly, genuinely in their hearts, their hearts are not far from God, in their hearts want to do right, want to obey God, want to keep his commandments, want to uphold the Constitution. There will be a contingent of people that will be ready. Now, no doubt, institutions will fall everywhere. No doubt about it. Well, here's, here's the, the issue, is that uh, we individually need to be able to be abrasive of, of our complete worshiping of, of our God and, and our faithfulness to the principles that he set forth. And, and the principles of, of our proper government that, that has long since slipped through our fingers in this nation, it seems like, uh, in terms of the daily operational things, 
those need to be in the hearts of the people too. I believe, uh, and you know, the where God is is where liberty is. And if you read what Christ did when he first started his mortal ministry, it's in the fourth chapter of Luke, if I recall, when the sixty-first chapter of Isaiah was brought to him to read in his synagogue in Nazareth, and and um, he he talked about there about uh, he was started his ministry. Isaiah had written messianically. And Christ uh, stepped forward in Nazareth, in his hometown, and says, here's what's going to happen, and I'm the guy. Okay? And go back and read that in the fourth chapter of Luke, and, and, and the 61st chapter of Isaiah. And it talks about liberating the captive and so on. His message is one of liberty and peace and healing, and, and those hope. things need to be in our hearts. You bet it does. And, and he's, in fact, commanded us, we could give you many examples in the Scriptures, to not fear. But the thing today is, is I mean, I, you hear this, oh, coronavirus, oh, we're all going to die, oh, man. I remember when I was in the service and I got in the middle of a mess one time, and I was told by a, a major, he was a physician, he said, you're going to die. And I said, well, that's the program we're all in, isn't it? And he said, well, you're going to die within six months. This this is just the way it is. I mean, you're, you're toast. And uh, so I says, so, well, anyway, I wanted another opinion. I've, I've never been one to take those kinds of things and, and embrace them, because sometimes I think our perspective kind of foreordains our outcome. Yeah, maybe anyway, God has different is plans program. is the point, right? Uh, well, it, I think our days are numbered. And, and I think that if we trust in God, and you know what? If it's our time to go, it's our time to go. And you know what? It's a great place to be if you're being reunited with your God and with all those that you've cherished and loved and everything that have gone before. And and in a way, I think about some of the, I mean, I hate calling pagan religions, because I, I think they were remembering vestiges of more truth that they had when they did this. But in some of these, you know, former times, people talked often of being reunited with their fathers, you know, that when they went and everything. And, and quite frankly, um, it ain't a bad thing. And that's the way everybody is. And, and a lot of people today are so fearful of losing a little tiny piece of something that they lose it, that they're giving away what this is all about anyway. Uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, Lewis wrote uh, The Chronicles of Narnia, and there's a little brave mouse in there called Reepicheep. I don't know if I mean, you may have read it to your kids or your grandkids or something like that. He's a little bold guy. That, that he wants to be with Aslan, you know, I mean, the, all of these symbologies that are in there, you know, and he was so excited to go, and, and it's like, well, we're not signing up to die early, but when the time comes, why would we ever, why would we ever feel like it's something that we need to, why, why linger longer if you're called home? Well, the only you know? reason and, is because you don't understand God's plan and you're fearful. And or you're drunk with power on this earth and you want to uh, maintain. Now, those are yep. the only reasons that I can think of. And I agree with you that, hey, we don't want to go early, but we do want God's will in our lives. We need to let God prevail in our lives, don't we? Indeed. Indeed we do. And and I think well, far too often in our godless society, the way we have, and by the way, I mean, everything we've done since the beginning of this broadcast, you know, this could have been your Sunday session. You know, I mean, this is a kind of thing, a call to God, a call to uh, remembrance of, of our faith, of our forefathers, and all these kinds of things. But, you know, we we as a people have been taught in, in a—it's a 
uh, religion without God, you know, that from K through 12 we do this and on tax-supported dollars in violation of the First Amendment. But if you go into the, the temples of the godlessness in the universities, then you learn the great, you get steeped in the doctrine of the socialism and the, and the perspective of those that, uh, that, that really try and put this fear and doubt. And uh, that wasn't part of our beginnings in this nation. It truly wasn't. And, and so uh, I think that there needs to be a restoration, a renewal in terms of, you know, everything. We, I mean, it's a, it's a restoration. It's not a revolution. It's not a new beginning in terms of you've got to start from scratch. It's already there. And, and I, I tell people this about when I was a little kid, I, I got uh, lost. I was six years old. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And, and my, my first impression, which I followed, was run. And, and I did. I ran. And, you know, I, I've learned since that, that I was making good time, but, uh, <laughs> but it was totally worthless. I mean, you know, falling down in the briars and the brambles and the creek and over the boulders and deadfall and everything like that, that does not make it better. When you get lost, you sit down. You look at your back trail. You assess your resources. You keep your head and you, you think it through. We have a back trail. It's well known. And, and we have these wonderful resources, the scriptures. We have the, the uh, magnificent doctrines that were produced in, in the founding era with the Constitution, the Declaration, and we the even have the, We even have the dialogue in the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers as they debated and worked through these things together. Not only do we have the back trail, but we even understand how they planned and prepared and discussed and how they got to where they got. In other words, we understand the historical reality Based on Bastier, the law, we get the origins of these things based on the failures and the troubles that they had uh, with coming to America. And then Bradford basically, you know, tried a way and it was socialist that didn't work. And then he tried another way and found success through uh, individual liberty and responsibility. And uh, what I mean is we have all these details of where they succeeded, where they failed and why and how we've got the debate. We've got the whole thing, sir. Well, and that's really what we've tried to bring forth. I mean, I've dedicated my life to try and bring forth these understandings. That it is well documented. That we must go back and read the blueprint again. And and what's happening right now in this nation is they're trying to remake without using good plans. And and what's going to happen is the republic will slip through our fingers completely, and it largely has in terms of daily operational things, but we still have the, the organic constitution. We still have the blueprints. We can still restore it, but we keep trying to go and build on that soundy foundation that uh, that Christ warned us against. You know, the winds come and the rains and everything else like that, and sooner or later it gets eroded out from underneath us. And and uh, I just, I, I think it's a tragedy, but we don't teach these kinds of things. I, I had a long discussion with a young man the other day that um, had a degree in constitutional law that he obtained under the guidance of someone that was not even an American. And uh, his, his philosophies of living constitutions that has become so immersed upon, I mean, the whole nation is immersed in this idea that the Constitution is a living document that changes based upon our whims. That's like a lie. A That's a lie. The Constitution has provisions, and if it's changed, we must do it via the provisions codified in the Constitution. I'm an original intent guy, ladies and gentlemen. Study history. Understand what the founders were dealing with. 
and apply it in modern times. By the way, I got a phrase that I got from my buddy Matt Staver. It was in one of his uh, press releases that I want to share with you. We'll do it in seconds. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. Joe Biden planning to change how the COVID vaccine is distributed. The president-elect announcing yesterday when he takes office, all vaccine doses will be released as soon as possible. Under the Trump administration, some doses are being held back to ensure those who get the first dose can get a second dose. Meanwhile, the U.S. sets a new record Thursday with over 4,000 deaths from COVID, the most ever recorded in a single day. Columbia University Dr. Dara Cass on CBS News assessing where we are in the pandemic. Right now, we are in a very precarious place with the spread of virus after the holidays and really a run on hospital beds and resources that really means that most of us should stay home if we can. The U.S. now with over 21.5 million COVID cases and almost 366,000 deaths, both more than any other country. A search underway for a missing passenger airplane, Boeing 737-500, goes missing this morning in Indonesia just four minutes after takeoff from Jakarta. The plane dropping more than 10,000 feet in less than a minute, 62 people on board. This is USA Radio News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs, too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. House Democrats plotting to impeach President Trump again. Articles of impeachment to be introduced Monday accuse Trump of inciting insurrection. A White House spokesman says this should be a time of healing and unity, not further division. Twitter taking an unprecedented step, the company announcing last night that it has banned President Trump's account, Real Donald Trump. Twitter says it made the decision due to the risk of further incitement of violence. No word on if Trump plans to use another social media site, Parler, where some of his supporters have moved after run-ins with Twitter. Parler, though, running into his own problems. Amazon Web Services hosts the Parler app, and there are calls for Amazon to sever its ties with Parler. Parler Chief Policy Officer Amy Peacock tells Fox News what that could mean for the app. You know, they provide server for us, and if they were to remove their services, then we'd be down. As it is, we're having, you know, some difficulties now with the uptick in uh, traffic, but if they took their service away, we'd be gone. Google Play yesterday suspending Parler from its store because, according to Google, Parler won't remove posts that incite violence. This is USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. The comp- content is so good, I skipped the last commercial break before the bottom of the hour. Uh, and I'll be skipping the next break, too. Just too good. Just too important, too valuable, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I got a statement from Matt Staver, uh, Liberty Council, that I really want to bring forward. 
ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know different people are of different religions, and they have different theologies and all that kind of stuff. I understand. And I'm not here to divide on the keys to theology. I am here to double down on that God is at the helm, not government. And if we obey God, we'll be blessed and protected. And if we don't, simply, uh, you know what, it's curtains. Okay? And, and I don't mean to be so blatant, but I am telling you, it is that black and white in reality. Now, I know it's not that black and white in everybody's lives. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has a lot of good and bad in them. But you know what? We need to repent and embrace the good. And when we do, we are richly blessed by an almighty, loving God who is involved in our lives. It isn't like a clock where you just wind it up and set it down and walk away. Okay? God is actively involved in our lives. He does care. He's a loving Father in heaven. I testify to that reality. Now, Matthew Staver had this line that I took from one of his press releases because it was so valuable, and I want to give him credit, but I also want to really focus on this, Dr. Bradley, because I think this really relates to our discussion today. Here's the line. We were born for this moment in history, sir. Okay, well, I mean, I thought there was maybe more, but absolutely. I believe every one of us is in our place in this uh, creative process. I think God said that he knew the end from the beginning. And it is our time, and and I could give you quotations and statements from, you know, from the likes of Tolkien and uh, with Gandalf and, and the little Hobbit guy um, that were talking about. Oh, I wish this hadn't happened in my time, but yeah, it is your time, and you can't choose that, but you can choose to do what to, what you're going to do with your time. And I really do believe that um, when God set forth everything, I mean, He knew when Christ was going to be born. He knew right exactly when He was going to be born, right from the very beginning of before the before the foundations of the world were laid. And every one of us has a part to, and a piece to play in this whole thing. And I really believe that uh, this entire system of the universe, and and down to the most minute particle of creation, and and whether it's spirit or element or whatever you want to call it, each piece is in place, and we're part of that system. And and each one of us has a role to play. And I mean, you know, you talk about your immune system. I mean, going back to this thing, that's part of the system, too. That's part of your system. It's part of you, and God gave us this thing to work with. And, And I just am astonished how we have lost this idea of, of this long-range view of things, and uh, we've allowed uh, philosophies uh, that are diabolical in their origins, I think, to unseat from us the faith and the hope and the joy that, um, that we should be able to uphold with our God. And, and yeah, that, that doesn't mean that there's no challenges. That doesn't mean... I mean well, one time I was, uh, I mean, I've worked out for every day, well, six days a week for probably 55 plus years. And I've got a pretty nice gym in my basement. It's, it's uh, you know, it's rusty iron kind of thing. It's not one of these big, you know, fancy, you know, machines and everything like that, punching bags and weightlifting stuff and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, and uh, one of my daughters, when she was 14 years old, she was lamenting how the challenges that so many people have as she sees around the world. And, you know, my, my family's quite empathetic and sympathetic to the difficulties of people. And, and I said to her, you know, we were talking into the evening, I says, let's go down and lift weights for a while. And uh, I says, now, should, should you lift the same weights that I am? And she said, no. I said, why not? She says, because they would crush me. I says, but, but you can lift what you can lift. And if you do it correctly, it will build you. It will build strength. And, you know, it's a little analogy, you know, when you're talking to your kids, 
to use it. But but we are given challenges to stretch us, to strengthen us, to show our, what kind of metal we're made out of. And and I get so sick and tired of these mamby pamby snowflakes that are on the earth today that think that every little stinking thing they've got to worry about and everything that might cause a bump in the road's got to be smoothed out. And, and they're fearful. And they're they're hunkered down and bunkered up. And, oh, my goodness, oh, I, I'm going to infer something that we ought to fear more about, whether it's, you know, I mean, you look at what, what kind of process is going on that uh, they think something's a threat when when you go back and you analyze the exact wording of everything that's been said and done and the actions of people they're not threats they're they're reading into this something to be fearful about and and you get this from your college professors and everything i mean so let me give you this example let me give you this example to make the point we were born for this moment in history and to say a statement like that means that you believe there's a god that he loves us that he's involved in our lives that I was not put on this earth at this time by accident. I was born for this moment in history, meaning that I have a work to perform. And I need to trust in God enough, have faith in God enough that I'm on the earth. He'll let me perform the work that he has for me. And when my work is done, it's okay to leave this planet. It's part of God's plan. And until I have that work that he's asked me to do, the, the reason that I was born uh, this moment in history, he's not going to let me expire before that work is done. If I keep his commandments, I have this blessing and this promise that he knows who I am and he knows what I'm here to do and he's allowing me the agency to do it. Uh, and, and anyway, I bring this all up because it's interesting. Here's the next headline. Capital violence. Agent provocateurs led the charge. Worldaffairsbrief.com. That's Joel Skousen. All right. With certification... Congress has betrayed the nation, WND.com. More election fraud in Georgia comes to light. Former Attorney General William Barr accused Donald Trump on Thursday of orchestrating a mob of his supporters to pressure Congress to overturn the, uh, the presidential election. Rudy, okay, well, you can go on. But those headlines kind of articulate, look, I'm sad about the violence and sad of what happened in D.C. And it's wrong, and we need to prosecute those who committed violence and who destroyed property and who uh, broke the law to the fullest extent of the law. Don't misunderstand my point at all. But if that makes us back off of the protection of our God-given inalienable rights or our ability to use our agency to worship God Almighty or our, our ability to be free in this country, or our ability to demand transparency and honesty, we are sadly mistaken. And what I see is because of this false flag operation that took place, all right, the, ch the charge was led by dishonest people, okay? Capital violence, agent provocateurs led the charge. Okay, we um, cannot be deceived off of these principles. I was born to tell the tale of liberty, and that tale I'm going to tell. And I bring this up because I think it's critical that we stand strong, especially right now, and that we don't just capitulate and go away and be deceived and give up. We need to understand we are in a battle for our very lives, for our very liberties, for our very agency. And that doesn't mean that I'm pretty, you know, preaching violence. We must restore the nation peacefully if we can. But we still have to defend liberty in our families, 
even if they force violence upon us, these provocateurs. Who are the provocateurs? Where do they hail from, etc.? But we cannot back away from this critical, critical reality fight that we were born to be in, sir. To me, it's... Um, uh, I, I have reviewed and reviewed and reviewed and reviewed. And, and I cannot see where these scared little rabbits, including our, you know, Nancy Pelosi's and our Schumer's and and our bars and all those kind of people that are out there, I cannot see where they th- say that Trump advocated violence. I just cannot see it. Well, he to didn't. Me, he didn't. But if you lie enough, it, right? Yeah. But but here's the deal. It goes back. To, I mean, I think it was 2002. There was a. A uh, movie out, uh, the Spielberg uh, cruise movie about called Minority Report. It's a dystopian society, in you know which they they use a, a precog bunch of precogs that have foreknowledge that uh, that they arrest you in a pre crime unit. I mean, it's one of those things where where they say, "Oh, you thought they, oh, you thought it. Oh my gracious, we've got to put you away forever." And and it really is a living hell they put you away to, and and it's probably worth reviewing again and going, "Oh my goodness, this is what we're doing today." But but I see these people today that are saying, "Well, you could have said this." Oh my gracious! And you see all of these big tech companies, you see the media companies, they're completely censoring anything. That's beyond the narrative, not narrative script. I keep making a mistake when I say that. There's a script that people have to follow. And the talking heads in the lame brain media have got or handed a script. And, and it's interesting as we've jumped through channels and channels to see what different ones have been said are saying, these, these talking heads that um, present to us in breathless, gasping words about what's happening today. That, that they're the same, regardless of which of the institutions you're looking at. And so I think that we, we are the place when the precogs are trying to say, we are going to do a pre-crime shutdown of this thing. And we're going to lose our freedom of speech. I'm skipping the Religion. break. It's so good. Keep talking, doctor. Okay. Well, uh, it's, you know, it's exciting to bring music behind what I say. You know, sometimes bringing music brings emphasis. Maybe there's some swelling, you know, exciting invigorating and inspiring music you could put behind what we're talking about. But the fact of the matter is, we as Americans are allowing ourselves to be led down a primrose path that, that literally and truthfully uh, is, has been, I think, I think it's been conceived for a long, long time. And, and this back when Elijah, you know, second, I mean, oh, first Kings, wasn't it, uh, 18, you know, came to the people and says, how long are you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And, and it's kind of like we have the true and living God. We have the principles of liberty that will allow us to worship him and take upon us his name, to have the privilege of supporting and providing for our families, lifting and blessing the lives of our fellow man, and, and living in truth. We have that. But we have had our heads turned by people that... that they're, they're creating a script that they're feeding to us. And, and whether it's a, a COVID thing that ended up with, with us losing an election in terms of it's uh, not just its fairness, but its justness and everything else like that, fraudulent to the core, but all the things that came together to justify 
modifications that that weren't uh, you know weren't really necessary, and and we look at the the throwing away of our of our First Amendment rights, and it's just not our freedom of speech, or our freedom of assembly, or our freedom of religion, or our freedom of of, of looking to have some kind of justification for and and. Correction. I mean, the First Amendment is just filled with stuff, and, and they ripped it out of the out of the book. And now the Fourth Amendment's already gone because we got the um, Patriot Act and we got the National Defense Authorization Act. Oh yeah, habeas corpus is gone because of the NDAA. I mean, all of these things are happening right before our eyes. And, of course, they've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I look back during the Lincoln era in the 1860s when he suspended habeas corpus, and he couldn't. It's not an executive act. It's a, it's a legislative act. The legislature then, falsely, delegated it to him. Well, every president since then has claimed the right to suspend habeas corpus. But they corpus, had no authority to delegate it to him in the first can't. place. It, it, so. it violates constitutional protocol. If the people said that this is the right of consent, or the, the consent of the governed, if you will, out of the Declaration of Independence. See, we don't give the consent of the governed every time we have an election. No, that happened at the ratification. See, when you have a constitution, and they bring it forth, and the people ratify it, that's the consent of the governed. We will be governed by these principles, by these people that keep their actions within the bounds of those principles. See, that's the consent of the governed. When you elect somebody, they take an oath to uphold that frame, that document. And, and so, no, they're, we're not saying to them, oh, you can create any law you want. You can do willy-nilly anything you want. You can create false everything. You can take away God-given rights. You can do stuff about medications. You can do whatever. You can't. The people gave their consent when they ratified, and the people that take the, the office uphold, or they take an oath to uphold that, that document, and that is the consent of the governed. Our consent is not given every two years or four years during an election. What we say is... No, we we're only saying every two people. or four years, hey, you know what, we give you permission to work within this framework on our behalf, and we're watching you like a hawk. That's the way it ought to be. Well, see, um, oh, give me liberty, give me death. Patrick Henry, yeah, that's his name. Anyway, he, he served seven terms as governor of Virginia. Seven terms, my goodness! But they were one-year terms. See, the people wanted to keep them on a leash. They wanted to say at the end of the year, are you still doing okay? Yeah, okay, okay, we'll put you back in. But that was the concept, is that the people had to quickly go in, I mean, not maybe quickly in every case now, we've got a set formula of, of elections, but the people are supposed to examine it every time. Are you keeping the oath that, that you took? And, and almost nobody is anymore. I mean, there's a few that keep it maybe in the 90% place. But I've talked so many times on your program about people say, hey, my senator's a 75%, or that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, in terms of the Constitution, they say, well, if you look at it in terms of a marriage, a 75%er and your oath of fidelity to your spouse, that means one week a month you're unfaithful. How's that going to sit with your spouse? I, I, I would challenge you to ask your spouse. That question, hey, I'm going to be a 75 percenter, and, you, and right. you can't do it and keep a marriage. You can't keep a marriage with a 99.9999 percenter. It's 100 percent jump in, whole hog, we are going to do this, and we're not going to vary from it. And both but parties are in 100 percent, not 50 is the reality. 
Uh, all right. So really, Giuliani, I'm not a favorite. You know, I'm not a fan of this guy. I think he's a deep stater. Okay. However, Rudy Giuliani said something fascinating that I want to pick your brain on, doctor, which is this. He says this. President Donald Trump owes it to his supporters to declassify everything before he leaves office. Rush Limbaugh chimed in on the same topic and said this. Dems are terrified that the president will declassify all records. Um, I don't think it's the Dems. I think it's the deep state. But Rush's point's correct. I think they are terrified. And I think um, Giuliani, for once, is right. Hey, we need to uh, declassify all this stuff. That's the way the American people are going to get a clue of how bamboozled and abused and manipulated and deceived they've really been. I, I guess I wouldn't go so far as to say everything, and I'll tell you why. I, I have held um, top-secret clearances, okay, and I have been behind the curtain in some areas. There's a thing about need to know. And even though I was cleared at top secret level, there are things that was outside of my purview. I didn't have a need to know certain things, and I didn't want to know them. I mean, I'm, I'm totally okay with this because that gives me less that I have to protect and preserve. So there are things. Yeah, so Judy Lani said everything. I don't agree with everything, but I do agree with the general no. point. Well, if you think about this, this, this guy named Snowden and this guy named Assange, these people, uh, they, they pulled the curtain back, if you will, on some things that were absolutely dastardly that we were involved in. And, and I've, again, having said that I've been behind the curtain in some instances, and again, I'm not trying to build more of an image than should be there, but the fact of the matter is um, there were things that I saw that were classified that should have never been classified. I mean, it was like, what the, what the heck are you doing? I almost said it more strongly. You know, this is, uh, we use an old term, you know, a phonetic alphabet. It's Bravo Sierra, what you're doing. <laughs> and and we have a, a situation where so often the underpinnings and the undertow seem to be such that we are pulling our nation down. And so, yes, I can see a great declassification. Now, I, don't I, think agree, I, agree not I agree not everything. I think Trump could do but, it, but I don't think he will, though. I, well, I'm see. He had four years to look into election fraud, and doing it in four weeks is is just not enough time. And and I, I but I'm telling you, he we also have could have looked into Brock's birth certificate, which he promised to do for literally years before that, and I didn't hear a peep about it while he was the president either. There never was, but there's millions of documents, millions of government actions, millions. I mean, I'm not exaggerating one slight bit. That should not be classified, and and this open air kind of thing. You know, you take something out in the sunshine, and it, it kind of gets sanitized. It, it gets purified, and and we have been putting things in the dark, deep recesses. We've it, they've grown fungus on them, and and they really are toxic now. And and I would like to see a lot of things declassified, but I believe that to make a blanket statement of all is a bit much. But but certainly and surely, a lot of these things that Assange and Snowden brought forth, it was like, what? Yep. Say and, what? And that's why I wanted to bring it up. I agree that Giuliani's statement's a little bit too open. I wanted to give you his statement, as he said. He says declassify everything before he leaves office. I agree with your point. There is a need to know reality. There is a military and national security discussion. When are they hiding behind that becomes the concern. But for the most part, I think there's a massive declassification of things that need to happen. 
And Rush Limbaugh says the Democrats are terrified of it, but I think the swamp is terrified of it is the problem, and I don't think Donald has the stomach to get it done. Now, this is well, interesting I... as well on a free speech point of view before the end of the hour, Doctor. And there's a trade organization for home sellers. It's called the National Realtors Association. They impose a speech ban on realtors' private lives. Now, listen. They say other organizations are planned to follow or expected to follow. World Net Daily with a piece. The sweeping prohibition on all real estate agents and um, association members of the National Realtors Association 24-7 covering all communications, public and private, or professional and private, written or verbally, online or off, punishment could top out at $15,000. And they're literally uh, going to expel people who don't comply. And um, you know your free speech is under assault like you would not believe. Big tech begins conservative purge. Dozens of leading accounts shut down and completely banned. Doctor? Yeah, where do you go with this? I mean, we have, uh, let's go to George Washington and his initial inaugural address when he talked about uh, that the the principles under which his administration would be carried forward would be virtue, public public virtue as well as private virtue. And and I I think that, that people were willing to stand on their record, if you will. They were willing to stand on who they were. And if, if you are putting out... Um, uh, an image of ostensible honor and honesty and all that kind of stuff, and really you're kind of rotten to the core and you've cheated your last clients and everything else like that. I mean, holy cow. This, I mean, we've got laws to protect against slander and libel and all those kinds of things. What is this? I mean, uh, putting an entire lockdown on everything, but, but that's kind of where we're going in society right now. And, and this idea that I, I, you know, I look back at the Espionage Act of 1917, and then it was modified by what they call the Sedition Act of 1918. This was stuff. Of course, we can go back to the to the Civil War about this too. And, and Lincoln was horrific about jailing old uh, newspaper men and and even even legislators and and people that breathed something that was a contrary perspective. But then Wilson and his crew took this to a big Big thing, and you say, oh, the Espionage Act of 1917, that's 103 years ago. What's the matter with you, boy? Well, that's the act that they've, they've used uh, to prosecute WikiLeaks and, and uh, Assange and, and Snowden and, and some of these things that it's like, holy cow, I'm glad we know this now. I mean, nothing's ever really been done by it or for it, but, but we are... We're I had a conversation with somebody that's closely associated with a, a organization that publishes uh, magazines with uh, with a political perspective that is not popular in the lame brain media nowadays, and they were saying there's a good probability. Well, they, I don't know if I want to say probability, but a possibility. They're worried that there's uh, going to come a time when the U.S. Post Office will not even carry their documents because uh, of this uh, effort to. Uh, in other words, Basically, you wouldn't get your magazines or your newsletters or anything even delivered. Right, the post right. office would just say, we're not going to deliver your hate-filled propaganda or your fake news or whatever words they use at the time, right? But but it's, it's happening right now. I wish somebody like a Trump, let's say we could figure out somebody that had a bazillion dollars, 
And they said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to start a, a, a contrarian perspective and put giant server farms out there and everything like this. And this is going to be something that, um, you know, I think there's you know, probably 75 million people that say, you know what, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to I'm going to start communicating using this technology that they're promoting and uh, you know I just wish somebody that had a bazillion dollars would would say no no we're not going to let the Bezos and the Now Trump is claiming that he might create an alternative to Twitter time will tell. Well, okay, well I I would like to see something like that happen and I I don't know is Trump's the guy to do it. I don't know who is to do it, but to tell you the truth, there have been some big tech giants that have got too big for their britches because They've been given the protection of of uh, this blanket of government things, like the, this 230 section that was in the NDAA that uh, Trump wanted to have removed. But they've become the gatekeeper for information. And, and if they're complicit with all of the things that are going on and assisting in this script that's being foisted upon us, uh, it becomes very destructive of our liberty. And see... You know, I, I think back about, uh, you know, there's always been yellow rag scurrilous journalists out there, you know, and, and there was a guy named Collender that, that bespurched the name of, of Jefferson back in his day. And he was, uh, Collender was, was truly a yellow rag journalist, and he's the one that started the Sally Hemming thing, and which was proven by DNA testing that the boy that he claimed was Jefferson's was not. But the fact of the matter is, Nobody shut a newspaper down, and Jefferson had them in his office. He said he'd rather have a free press than the Congress. I mean, oh, man, we're out of time. What are we going to do? We're going to regroup on Monday and tell the tale of liberty as we do every Monday and Friday, Doctor. All right. We'll be back Monday, I guess. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, time flies when you talk liberty with historians and people who have a, a desire fire in their belly for the sacred cause of liberty. Thank you, Dr. Bradley. All right, we'll have him back soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the wrap. Two hours in the can, Monday through Saturday. We're live on the Sabbath. We rest as he's commanded us to do. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. (laughs) 